Hey crew, my name is Dakota Jean, and this is the Social Media Manager Podcast. I started my career as a fashion intern in New York City, working my way up to retail and brand director for Nicole Miller. I was recruited by the Kardashians at the ripe age of 24 as a director of the Dash brand. What I quickly realized was that we needed to do some serious marketing to be successful. At a time when almost no brands were on social media, I got the Dash stores up and running and grew the Instagram account up 58% to 1.2 million followers by creating a brand guide and a social media strategy. Flash forward, I started the social media manager in 2021 to help social media managers navigate this crazy field we decided to be in and help business owners like myself find success in marketing through social media. So who's ready to figure out this whole social media thing? Let's go. Okay. Hey crew. I am here with Emma Tesler of 95 Media and I'm super, super excited to have her on the show again. It's been over a year since we last talked and so much has happened since then. Um, I actually uh, was inspired by Emma to expand my company after talking with her on the last episode. And um, since then, the company has grown a lot. And I really thank you, Emma, for uh, giving me the courage to do that. So anyway, it's great to have you on. And how are you? I'm so great. I'm so happy to be here. And it really just makes me so thrilled that like our conversation had such an impact. So I'm so happy for you and all of the growth that you've had since we last talked. Thank you. Honestly, you were like, uh, you know, at that time I was still kind of just doing freelance stuff and mostly just coaching social media managers. Um, and I had a few clients and you were just like, yeah, I have all of these amazing women that work for me. And I was like, I want that. <laughs> well, so sometimes it, you have to hear it and know it's possible to know that that's what you want to do. And so I love that that was part of your journey. Yes. And I'm super excited to hear that you also now have a podcast, right? Yeah, so we have a. I don't know if we had the show the last time we talked. So we have our own podcast, um, Stop Scrolling, Start Scaling. And then we, from that show and just kind of the experience from it, we've launched a whole podcast department on our team now. So we do podcast production and management for other podcasters, which has been a really cool expansion of our own business since we last talked. That's so cool. And actually, you know, while we're on that topic, why don't you give a little um, insight into all of the things that your company actually provides. G Soul Co. is the ultimate empowerment, self-love focused, athleisure clothing brand. It is staple yoga sets and the what to wear with those sets. Classic with an edge. This brand screams, it's time to feel comfortable being you. The world needs who you were made to be. Be the G. Head to gsoulco.com and use code DAKOTA10 for 10% off. GSOULCO. Yeah, for sure. So 95 Media, we really started in the organic 
digital marketing space and really focused on, you know, your social media platforms, doing organic marketing. So no money behind ads and really just building community and connection in order to convert your followers into paying clients, which is what we of course all want. And over the years, so I started this company in 2015 and have been full-time in it since 2020. And so over the past three years, we've grown a lot and we've expanded into new markets. And so we now also provide email marketing and email campaign work for our clients and podcast management and production as well. So with podcasting, we as a marketing agency felt like it was really important to be able to market a show rather than just having a great quality audio, which is what a lot of people are focused on when they put all of this work into producing a show. And, you know, you don't realize how much work goes into podcasting until you're really in it. And then you don't, no one really talks about how to actually increase listenership and increase your downloads, which is the lifeline of your show. And so we focus not only on doing the back end production, but also providing our clients with a ton of marketing assets, video content, pins, all of the things to really get the podcast word out on all of the platforms that you're on. So that's been a really exciting expansion of our business this year. That's so cool. I think podcasts in general, there uh, so many people have them. And there's room for so many podcasts. You know, people want to listen to what, uh, you know, marketers have to say, but it's not just marketers. It's um, any field, any industry, everyone is interested in podcasts. So that, have you found that you're getting more and more uh, people interested in actually needing that service? Yeah, the interest is definitely growing. And I just think it's a really great time to be in this space because like you're saying, people are really realizing the impact of podcasting. And it's really interesting because for myself, when we started our show, I really did it because I just wanted to create more long form content. I felt so you know, boxed in by 60 second reels and most of them are trending sounds. So I'm really not even talking in them. And I can't really just provide the amount of material that I wanted to in the forms of content we were creating at the time. And so for me, that was kind of one of the driving factors behind it. Monetization was barely even a thought. I was just like, let me just talk. Let me get on there and spread some more information. And we've seen so many shifts in the podcasting space over even the past year that I've had my show. And I know you've had yours a longer time. And so I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes on your end. And I'm I'm more leaning towards and we're kind of shifting our own show into more storytelling because that's what's more captivating now. And it's less about the educational, which is where podcasting really started. I remember I was listening to podcasts in 2017 when everyone was like, what in the world is a podcast? Like, yeah. what is that? <laughs> and I love that the conversation has changed so much and it's so mainstream. Like my mom in her 60s listens to podcasts. I'm like, mm -hmm. tell me the ones you listen to. That's so cool. So there's been a lot more interest in you know, getting services for podcasting as well, because as I said before, and I'm sure you've experienced when you start a show, you do it because you're excited about it and you just want to like set up a microphone and hit record. And then you don't realize all of the work that goes in on the back end. And there really is a lot. And, you know, outside of just the production, how do you actually get people to know about the show? you know, video content is such a crucial part to that. And so it's been really cool to have these new types of conversations around podcasting and talk to different podcasters around what their goals are and where they're going, but also learn about a lot of the new shows that are up and coming as well. 
I totally agree with you. If someone, um, you know, has an idea and they don't really know like how to get started with a podcast, do you think, um, like, what would your advice be? Would you be like, yeah, you should definitely start one. Or would you be like, well, maybe you should do some, you know, research. Like, how would you approach that? I really actually think that podcasting is one of the most forgiving means of content. And it's really cool to be able to grow with the podcaster as well. So I would say, just hit record and get started. You can always take an episode down down the road if you like are really embarrassed by it. But <laughs> just like, you know, social media, it, it's become our legacy. And it's become this body of work that you can look back on and say, wow, I can't believe that, you know, I can't believe the growth I've had. I can't believe, you know, how much this thing has changed and shifted over the years. So I would definitely say get started, you know, know what you want to talk about in a general sense. But some of the best shows are the ones that really aren't scripted and are just kind of rambling on about topics you're passionate about. And then you find your audience and your your community of people who are also just as passionate about those things. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what's so cool about podcasts is that when when you look at marketing holistically, Obviously, social media is such a huge part of what you need to be doing for marketing. And um, I honestly think that podcasting is like becoming closer and closer. Like I would say email marketing is there, text marketing, um, advertising, obviously. But like podcasting is quickly becoming, you know, I actually it's how I got a lot of my business. It's how I got a lot of my employees. Um, this, this podcast actually has done more for me than probably anything else, you know, besides like the SEO work that I did on my website. But um, yeah, so I think it's, I think it's brilliant. And I think that um, I also want to to talk to you about social media because that is where both of our companies started is in that space. Um, and I I kind of want your opinion on like, obviously there's changes all the time, right? Like social media, it feels constant, feels the same, but you're like, oh, wow, there's, if you look back a year, you're like, oh, look how many things have changed or what new platforms came about or, um, you know, how the algorithm decided to make some adjustments or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, content and I want to talk about video in particular. Have you noticed anything um, since we last spoke, which has been a little bit over a year now, like, have you noticed that um, video has, has changed at all? Or um, what's, your, what's your opinion on, on video content in general? It's so true what you're saying about the changes. And I, I always find it so funny because I actually think that it's such a love-hate relationship for all of us in the digital marketing space with the changes because on one hand, it's what keeps us interested and we need, we're the type of people who need constant change and need stimulation. At the same time, we love to hate it and we love to complain about it because <laughs> it's incredibly annoying that everything is changing all of the time. But, you know, video content, I don't think has ever stopped changing and I don't know if it ever will because it's just such a dynamic type of content. And it's been really cool to watch it 
change over the past three years, you know, almost I guess almost four years now since TikTok came on the scene and we every platform shifted their favoring of content types to video. And I think specifically this year we've seen it started last year, but just such a shift towards the UGC content, which I know, you know, it kind of feels like we talk about all the time and user generated content, which is UGC is really incredibly important to brands and it's really interesting sometimes i'll go to a brand page and i you can tell that they aren't aware of how impactful ugc content is and they aren't putting money behind it they are still doing maybe um you know influencer work which i really don't think is as impactful anymore and that influencer space has really changed a lot over this past year and even when you look at who are the people that everyone knows and you know are quote unquote famous you know which is such a you know stupid word honestly but <laughs> it's the people who are building communities through video content who are showing up so real on video and that is what is connecting with their audience and so when we look at the type of content that certain brands are making who don't have a team guiding them i think it's incredibly important to have a team of gen z who really understand the the space because even uh, like we're millennials but every day I feel like what's going on. Like I still turn to my Gen Z team and I'm like, tell me what we're doing. Tell me how we're shifting, how we're changing. And there's so much beauty in that. And so with video content specifically, a lot has changed this year with just the angle of content. It needs to feel a lot more relatable. It needs to feel a lot more like I'm just showing up. Even things like crying on camera, I feel like it used to be really cringe and maybe it is still cringe for a lot of people, but we've seen so much more of that this year because it's it's just real and it's just the way people are showing up. And yeah, me like it, it for sure is cringe to pull out your camera when you're going through an emotional time. But if you're a content creator and you're building authenticity with your audience and your audience is going through similar experiences as you to show up and say like, hey, I'm going through this. Like, I'm just going to talk my way through it. And if you relate, that's cool. Those are the type of people who are continuing to rise up because their content and specifically video is just, it builds connection. And the brands who are going to be successful over the next couple of years are the ones who get that and are going to start tapping into building connection and community online rather than just focusing on like that transactional type of content. I couldn't agree more. Um, I think we started talking about this even, you know, a little over a year ago, just that authentic, like that word authentic, to be authentic, to show up authentically on social media has been an important part um, for a long time, but we couldn't really, not we, but people, we couldn't really like hone in what that meant um, for, for a lot of brands or for, um, influencers or any, anyone who's trying to show up on social media. Um, you know, I, I talked about that a lot, like we need to be more authentic. And then a brand would be like, well, how, like I'm, how do I show up authentically? And it kind of took like a lot of trial and error on some things. I work with some hospitality, uh, brands. And so 
you know, it's usually the videos that I just take on my phone really quick of like whatever that perform so much better than when I have a really nice camera set up with lights and we get all this, you know, slow-mo shots of like a cocktail being created. But over here, it's just like some bartender talking about like how they created this cocktail and what it tastes like. And it's like, wow, that one just did so much better because that's how we're showing up authentically. So I think that's kind of like what you're getting at too is like, you know, there's, um, there's space for that on social media, uh, and it, it can work across the board for everyone. It doesn't have to just be, you know, someone may be going through something hard, um, but that businesses can really use to their advantage as well. Well, and I love what you're saying about the B-roll type of content that you're capturing or even just like more casual videos because we've started doing more content shoots with clients, especially, well, locally here in Dallas, but then like whenever I take a trip, I'm like, hey, I'm going to be in your city. Let's do a shoot. And for me, I know other agencies who do professional photo, photo and video shoots. And I think that's cool for them. But for me, I I really a, I'm not a professional photographer or videographer, and I don't want to be. And so to, in my point of view, that's for the brand to determine that they want to do and invest in, et cetera. But what I really like to do is get there. We block off two hours. We have an entire shot list of content we know we want to get, and I'm shooting it all on my iPhone. Like yeah. it is completely, it looks like your friend was shooting you when you were doing what you normally do. And we even had a shoot last month where we had, I mean, we planned like 30 videos to capture and we got them all, but it was me and another team member. And so while she was doing a lot of the recording, I was grabbing a lot of B-roll content. And we, after the shoot, we started using the B-roll right away just because it required less editing. And that B-roll content was outperforming anything that had ever been posted before. And we were like, wait, like, do we even do all of the edits that we were trying to do originally? And so it's been really interesting because you always need to learn from things like that. Obviously, your data is going to tell you everything. And so now going into, we have a shoot next week with the same client again. And we're like, okay, our focus now is just just capturing you in your normal element. We're going to have two phones going all the time. We're going to grab B-roll. We're going to grab some more curated, some trending content. But even when you think about B-roll, B-roll can be applied to trending audios as well. So there's just so much you can do with it, but it's so true. Like the, the content that's doing well right now is really, it's just, it's just more casual. It's just, you want to feel, we all want to feel like the person on the other side of the screen is your best friend without even realizing it. And it's funny because I remember listening to a podcast back in like 2017, 2018, it was Jenna Kutcher's podcast, which we all obviously know at this point. And she was talking about like the relatability factor and how she's had people come up to her at that time being like, you know, I feel like you're my best friend. I feel like I know everything, you know, you're so relatable. You're so down to earth. And that that was such a huge part of the success of her business. And it's so cool to see that she was on that train. I mean, obviously she's a genius, but it's really interesting to watch how relatability has shifted so much over the years and how video content has just skyrocketed the importance of that element of marketing. I'm so glad that you brought up Jenna Kutcher because I was literally just thinking about her right before you said that. And 
um, I was thinking about how, well, a few things. So in the last several months, you know, she, she's going through a transformation right now, um, physically, mentally, all of these, uh, different things that she's doing and she's documenting that. Um, and she just shared, I think, you know, yesterday or the day before that, uh, she had her one year anniversary of being sober. And I was like, you know, I didn't even know that she was sober and not that it's any of my business, but I was like, wow, that's such a cool thing that she's putting out there for people to relate to. And she's not um, shaming anybody. She's not saying it like you should do this. She's just like, this is what I did. And like, if, if you've been thinking about it, here's your sign, you know? And I just thought it was like a really cool a uh, way to to show up authentically for her um audience but um i was also thinking about her videos recently and i was like who is her social media manager like I, or can i be her social media manager you know what i mean it'd be so cool um because her videos are really just like edited and cap cut you know and you can tell they're just taken right from an iphone she could afford an entire you know, production of cameras that could follow her around all day. Uh, and obviously, like, that's just not her thing. So she wouldn't do that. But, um, you know, she, she obviously is, is just taking some iPhone video and editing it in CapCut, just like the rest of us, <laughs> and posting that. And um, I'm just curious, like, what are your thoughts on, on those sorts of um, editing processes and um, all of that? Well, I think it's a really smart move on her and she's extremely clear on who her brand is and that is so in line with her brand. And like you said, it wouldn't make any sense if she was doing, you know, full production and professional video, which is almost funny because if you think back, she, I'm trying to remember when it was, she went through a period where she was only posting professional photos because that is her background, obviously, is photography. So like she had all these professional photos of herself and her business and all the things. And then she com she made this announcement. And I think what you said is really cool because it is something that is really true to her where she talks about the journey while she's going through it. And even as you were saying the sobriety thing, which I saw yesterday as well, I recently she also shared that she's not going to show her daughter's faces on social and not that there's like I think that's great and I think it's a whole other conversation should kids faces be on social and like the privacy and it's interesting to watch that conversation start to come up as influencers are growing up and they're having kids and it's different phases yeah. of life but I love that she shared her decision in the moment on that and talked about why she was deciding that. And because on one side, it could look like she's not being authentic and she's not being as real as she should be, quote unquote. And she mitigated that conversation by bringing you along from the journey and talking it through and explaining her decision making process. And what I started on before was that she also did that exact same thing when she made the shift from only posting professional photos to her feed to only posting iPhone photos. I want to say it was a year or two ago, mm -hmm. maybe, maybe more than two. It was like such a 
interesting shift because you knew her for photography, but it wasn't as real as she could be. And so that shift was actually so important for her to make, but she's just so strategic in everything she does. And um, it's been really great to watch her brand progress and her stay authentic to who she is while still, you know, growing the business. Obviously she's wildly successful, but it's been really cool to watch her kind of share sharing the journey while you're on it i think is incredibly important to anyone who is a content creator because it makes your audience feel in the know and like they're a part of that path with you yes and and in addition to all of that i think it's um interesting because she was pretty vocal about how she wasn't stoked on reels <laughs> like she was like yeah i don't want to post video that's not my thing you know, I'm all about photography. Um, and, and then she was like, well, but I have to not, you know, because if you want to connect with your audience, you do have to adjust and you have to make uh, decisions if you want to, you know, still be relevant, especially in the marketing space. Um, but I, I really liked that she was just like, I don't want to do this, but here we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here we are, all of us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. And it does become easier, you know, when you when you do it more and more often. Um, so, yeah, I guess, too, with when you're creating um, content, um, especially with video, after that, are you also editing the, the videos for your clients? I'm not personally, our team is. Um, so yes, like if we go on a shoot and we're capturing a bunch of content, we'll come back and we edit in CapCut, InShot, you know, any of the apps on on your iPhone are more than capable of doing the editing mm -hmm. that you need to do most of the time. I think it's way better to do it in one of those apps than to try and do the editing in Instagram or TikTok. I can't even tell you the amount of content I've lost trying to do it that way. And oh, everyone... Too. Yeah, everyone's gone through it and you're like, never again am I doing this. <laughs> so yeah, we, we do the editing for the content we shoot. And we also edit content for clients where we haven't shot it. And they have grabbed content on their mm -hmm. own. And then we turn it into, you know, polished reels to whatever extent polished looks like for them. Um, so yeah, we do a lot of the editing and I think that's really like an important part of um, being a social media manager because that's the part of the job that no one wants to do. And that's why the client hired you. Um, so being able to take random clips that your client took on their shaky iPhone after too many drinks and then turning it into really beautiful content <laughs> is a talent. <laughs> it truly is. And I think that's a really good point because that actually is kind of the majority of business now, especially if you have clients you know, who don't live in the same city as you, then you're basically either like, okay, give me whatever content you can in our shared folder, or um, I'm going to tell you what I need you to, to shoot. Um, and then we go through and edit it. And it is important for social media managers to um, know how to edit or at least have someone on your team who is really good at editing because social media is so intense as we know we can't just like have this long ass video before like anything happens like editing is everything 
mm-hmm. and editing to music and like making people feel something and get something out of it. It's valuable to them. That's why editing is also just so important. But that's why, you know, CapCut, InShot, like you mentioned, is so great because now these powerful tools, you don't need to purchase Adobe Premiere Pro um, to be able to post really beautiful content. And now it's at everyone's fingertips. And I think that that is really beautiful, you know? Do you agree? I totally. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And it's it's really true how important editing skills are. And it's not something a lot of people even think about. You're just like, oh, I'm going to post a reel. But to get a great edited reel can be the difference between 200 views and 20,000 views, um, especially when it comes to music. Like, is it changing when the beat drops? Is Are things moving with the, like, climax of the song as well? There's so many ways to approach it. Even how do you approach the transitions in a video, like a come with me video? We've done, we've started to do a lot more of those come with me, get ready with me, a day in the life video, because we're seeing them build a lot more traction and a lot of editing goes into them. And then you not only are editing the video, but then you have to do a voiceover that brings you through the journey. And, you know, there's just so many moving pieces that a lot of people don't think about, but being able to learn and adapt to those skills is so crucial. But I I also love how it's become so much more mainstream in the apps that we use now. I when I was in college, which was not even ten years ago, it was like just a few years ago. It, you know, we had to learn. I remember like crying at my computer trying to learn Photoshop and InDesign and Illustrator just to put together presentation boards. And now you can do everything in Canva, and it is mm-hmm. the simplest thing. And I just think that that type of technology has been such a game changer, especially as content has become more demanding. And I think they really go hand in hand, like one caused the other one to have to catch up. Um, But it is really cool how mainstream and easy to learn and use these apps are. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, do you think it's almost to our detriment? Like, do we have too many content creators? Do we have too much competition with reels and TikTok videos? What are your thoughts on that? It really depends on perspective because at the end of the day, the answer is yes. Like everything is saturated. There's no market that's not saturated. There's no market where there's not too many people doing what you're doing. But at the same time, the way that you do it is what matters and the way that you show up, which again, going back to what we said earlier, is why it's so important to be your real self or create a persona and stick with that persona. Like Serena Kerrigan, SFK, you know, she created this persona that she embodies online and has built this incredibly successful brand on this persona, which I think kind of started in the early YouTube days, you know, like people were creating and everyone kind of has this like personality that they show up as. But regardless of the way you approach it, the way that you create and the way that you show up is what sets you apart. And I always say this to like our service provider clients, especially where, you know, you're the face of the brand and it can feel really discouraging if content doesn't perform well because it's, you know, our ego is in things and we feel like it's an attack on us when something Mm -hmm. doesn't do well and you are in the video. And the reality is the right person who wants to work with you is going to pick you to pay and to work with in whatever capacity it is 
because of the way that you showed up and you know whether that's you having a weird accent or it's the way that you used your hands too much or the way that you talk about something you know all of those little things add up and they make someone feel really seen and heard and we all want to work with people who are relatable going back to why that's so important so while everything is saturated sometimes that makes it even more exciting because you get to really deep dive into, well, what sets me apart and how can I stand out amongst all of these other millions of people doing exactly what I do um, so that I can really reach the audience that wants to work with me. Yes, that is always, I think, the most exciting part, but also potentially the hardest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because you're, you as a social media manager, you know, or someone who is doing their marketing or writing their scripts or whatever it is. It's like you're, um, you have to find what is special in them. And usually it's a little bit easier to take that out um, in, rather than finding it yourself, um, which I, which is why I'm always advocating for people to work with a social media manager. But um, I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. There's so much out there. And um, it is important to set yourself apart. I actually was just having a conversation with um, one of my friends who was was talking about AI and how, you know, it makes everything a lot easier because it gives you ideas, it gives you a script, it gives all of this stuff. But if you do want to stand out, obviously AI um, can only take you so far. You know, it, what are your thoughts on all of <laughs> the changes with AI and everything going on there. It's really funny because I know so many people are have a lot of hesitancy around AI and especially there's this narrative where in our industry, it's going to take over our industry and it's going to put people out of work, et cetera. And I mean, where AI is right now, like you're saying, it, it's so generic and it really, it, it's 100% possible to train AI to sound like you or a client or whatever it is that you want it to sound like so that there's less editing, but their training process is still based on you knowing the prompts to give it, to train it, to give you an output that is aligned with what you want it to tell you. Um, I've really been pushing our own team to use AI in new ways. And we're actually having like a whole meeting where everyone needs to like bring thoughts and concepts and et cetera, because I, I really believe in the power of it. And I believe that it can make our jobs, it can do the things that we don't need to be doing anymore. And the fear on AI is so funny to me because AI has been in our lives for years, like maybe even a decade now. It's like anything that's happening without you completely doing it is AI. Like Google, Gmail giving you the rest of the sentence, that's AI. Like it, it just knows how you talk and it it learned your preferences and it learned your language and that's how it is. And so I think right now there's really no, like I don't have a lot of fear around it because it it's so in that baby phase, but give it five years and our entire lives and worlds are going to look incredibly different. So I think it's really important that we all start to adapt to this new form of AI now, because otherwise we are going to be in the 
baby stages a year from now when people who started adapting today or six months ago have already learned the prompts to give it and have already begun training AI to output work that is faster and better and makes their lives easier so that they can serve more clients and they can pump out more content and they can do things in a new way that's different than they have in the past. So I look at AI as this really great tool to begin using and adapting. Um, and I mean, I'm, I'm just very much in like, let's try it. Let's see what we can do with it. Because like I said, it's, it's only going to keep growing. There's no stopping it. So we need to just kind of accept where we are with this rather than be fearful of it and, you know, use it for what we can at this point and understanding that it's going to really change over the next few years too. A hundred percent. I am so team AI. I am like, let's go. If you're not using AI, where have you been? Like, yeah. it's time. Come on. And everybody you should use- be. I use it in my business a hundred percent. Everyone on my team uses it. Um, we use it to give us ideas for captions. Um, I use it for content planning. I use it for um, ideas for, uh, you know, how, uh, like I ask it what's, what's trending. I just, I use it for everything. Almost. Yeah. Um, I don't like the, the important part is knowing what to take from it. Right. Because it's not perfect. It's not, you know, like, yes, you can give it all the prompts that you need to all day, but it's still like needs a lot of editing and TLC. But uh, I was thinking about, you know, talking about this with my parents and that generation, like they're terrified of AI, like terrified because they've seen all the movies and (laughs) they've read all of the sci-fi books where, you know, AI completely takes over an entire uh, species. And, you know, possible it's possible, right? We don't know where AI is going um, 100% yet. But right now, the capability, I think, is um, extremely useful for people in, in any industry. Um, and I, I'm excited about it. I do think, obviously, just like with anything, any technology, you um, you know, you want to monitor it, obviously. We want to make sure that it's pulling the right information and not like lies that it's finding on online or whatever it is. Like we, we do need to fact check AI still. Um, and so I do think that that's important that everyone, you know, understands. Yeah. But. I mean, I think making those edits and making it sound human is part of that you know, it's not where it's going to be. And I'm sure that that's going to look very different next year even. Oh, yeah. But you're 100% right. You know, being able to identify, using it to do that groundwork and then pulling the pieces that work for you out of it rather than just copying and pasting. For example, we even use AI to assist with our show notes for our podcast. And so this software that we use, like it pumps out this huge long show notes and obviously takes, you know, a half hour of our work away, but then we have to put another 15, 20 minutes Mm -hmm. in re-editing it down, replacing words, pulling out the pieces that we don't think are 100% relevant. Um, But even still, like you might say, oh, well, you're still doing all of that work. Like, 
no, that's a lot less work than we'd be doing originally. And it's funny because like I've had people who are so they say they're pro AI and then you tell them that you're using AI to do some of the work for them. And then they're like, well, why would I why would I pay you if you're using AI to like complete the work? <laughs> Have you ever experienced that? <laughs> Uh, surprisingly, no. I I'm kind of honestly surprised that it hasn't happened yet. But I and so you saying that I'm like okay. I, I was wondering if that is happening with people because it's um it, it it can seem like oh well if you're using AI I'll just do that and it's like okay then absolutely um but the like what I'm doing is like doing twice the work now because. I'm able to take this AI, whatever it is that I'm using for your business, and focus more of my time on so many other things. Whereas before, it would take me this long just to do half of it. Yeah. And the skill, like we're saying on understanding, A, how to prompt it, and then B, what information to actually pull and use from yes. what it is giving you is a skill on its own. So like, yeah, if you want to learn how to do all of that, like be my guest here, or you just keep doing what you're doing and like step aside when someone does beautiful, great work that's leveraged AI along the way. Because again, everything has AI in it today. So whether it's something that's been written by AI or it's a different element, like people are making whole photos. I mean, obviously like Ramini has gone viral on TikTok lately making the AI headshots, but you can do so many AI created photography now, like just still shots of things where, you know, at the end of the day, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand it, but I, I can understand, oh, well, I'm paying to you do this thing. But at the end of the day, it's, it's just, it really goes back to the way that marketing has changed and developed over the years. Because I used to have people say that to me when I would pitch them on $400 social media management packages, they'd be like, well, why would I pay you to do social media posts when I can exactly. just do it myself? And I'm like, okay, here we are five years later. How's that going for you? Like, oh, Everyone you're not Everyone has a profitable. social media manager. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny because I'm like, it's just the same thing. Like we just go through the same cycles every time these big changes happen and people are resistant to it. And typically it's the people who are of the older generation. My mom is the exact same way. She's like so scared of everything. Meanwhile, I just planned like our entire Christmas vacation using chat GPT. I'm like, it's fine. Like, and there's so many ways you can use it outside of business too. And it's just really cool to watch it develop and to know that you're, you know, using it now and you're at the forefront of its development and you're going to be able to stay on top of it um, and be a leading user as it continues to grow and change over the next few years. Yes. So I think what we should do is um, maybe circle back again in another year and see where it's at yeah. at that point. <laughs> what do you think? For sure. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> All right, cool. So Emma, um, where can people find you online and also uh, 95 Media? Yeah. So I'm most active on our company uh, Instagram page. That's basically my page at this point. It's so funny. Like I barely use my personal Instagram anymore. I'm like just the company page. So our Instagram is 90.5.media all spelled out. Um, we also have our podcast, Stop Scrolling, Start Scaling. We cover a lot of marketing topics um, and you know all of the things we need to know about the changes and what's coming up and all of that good stuff. Um, our website is 95media.co. Again, all spelled out. And um, 
yeah, I just love to see any of your audience there. Um, it's been so great. I'm so happy to do this again. I feel like our conversations are just so fun. We get to touch on so many different topics. <laughs> I know we were all over the place. We're like, oh, we're just going to talk about content. And then I just derailed us completely. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, cool. So Emma, thank you so much for joining us again today. And um, I I absolutely love following your journey. And I have been uh, since we first talked. Um, your Instagram page is awesome. You give so much valuable content. So definitely everybody go follow them on Instagram. Um, and of course, I'll be listening to your podcast as well. All right, cool. Emma, so Great. good to see you. You too. Thank you for having me on again. I appreciate it. Oh my gosh, of course. Seriously. And we'll do it again. And we'll talk about AI again in a year. Yeah, we got to circle back in a year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, All girl. Right, awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. bye.